Okay, Sefer Bamidbar. Parshas Bamidbar, Tavshin Pei Aleph. Again, a, a couple of thoughts on Shavuos. Uh, Be'ez Shem, towards the end, just two announcements. One, uh, this year, this year is uh, dedicated to Lili Nishmas, Avram Yaakov Ben Mishulam Dov, Avram Yaakov Ben Mishulam Dov. Uh, also, just a second announcement, and that is the, uh, some are familiar with the All Daf app on, uh, on the OU. They're starting the All Parsha app. The OU is starting this coming week. Uh, the All Parsha app with a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, media and uh, shiurim, short, long, all different types on the Parsha app, All Daf, All Parsha. So feel free to, uh, to avail oneself to, uh, to all of that uh, Torah uh, as well. Okay, <laughs> let's get into uh, this week's Parsha, and let's talk about the Parsha. And the first question we'll ask is, why is this parsha always when it is? So we spoke a little bit last week about the Takanis Ezra. Ezra Sofer already said that Bechukosai always has to be two weeks before Shavuos. Why? Because of the Klalas. We don't have the Klalas so close to Shavuos. We want some time to, to seep in. So the Klalas are two weeks before. Then we have Bamidbar. And then we have Shavuos. So is, is that it? It just happens to be the, the sandwich. <laughs> that happens to be the, the inside uh, parsha, but really Bechukosai is the Icarus two weeks before. But there is no inherent significant connection between Bamidbar and, and Shavuos. That obviously is not true. Right? There has to be something connected um, to Bamidbar, uh, to Shavuos from Bamidbar. That's the question that we'll deal with this year um, to start from the H. Tamid. From the H. Tamid, right? Kosta Gemara, Megillah, Daflamad Aleph, Tanya, Rabshim, and Elazar Omer. Ezra Tikin Lamli Yisrael, she Karin Klalos Shebatoras Koanim Kodem Atzeres Vishebemishta Torah Kodem Rosh Hashanah My Taima Why Kedeshetichla Hashanah VeKilosel Okay, that's referring to the uh, to the one before Rosh Hashanah. So Milashon Abraisa Nirech is Rach Likros Parshas Bechukosai two weeks before and Kisavo two weeks before. Amnam Tosfos he quotes Shvuas and Rosh Hashanah, but let's skip down for uh, a couple of lines. V'yesh La'ye in line twenty one. Ma miyuchad beparshas bamidbar shenivcharahi bedafka lahafsik beinaklalos lacharashvuos. This is what's called in some svarim Shabbos derecheretz, derecheretz kad malatora. So it's it's something that's related. It's an introduction. It's getting us ready. The last few days. So what is it about this Shabbos, this parsha that relates? The a nira shemaspika krias parsha kol shigidei lahafsik. You can't say it just happens to be. You need a parsha in between, so it happens to be the parsha. V'kivan sheparsha zu ba achar parsha bechukosai memeli mafsika binchalos latzeres. No, that can't be. That can't be because even if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, when the Shulchan Aruch gives all the rules and regulations of which parshas come when, and there are certain phrases and simanim that are used. So if you look in Simen Tav Chavches in the Shulchan Aruch, he quotes it. You always lay by midbar before Shavuos. What does that mean? Manu, manu, minyan by midbar. Then avatzeres, then Shavuos. So in the in the phrase that reminds us, it's a by midbar phrase. Manu, there's a, there's an important uh, connection. And the lashon of the tour, la olam parshas vayedaber she tchilas asefer kodem atzeres. Right? It sounds like not just bechukosai has to be two weeks before, but the bamidbar has to be the week of. So the question is, what exactly is the message? And just to further the idea that there is a connection, line thirty-six, the ma'arit has a tshuva. It doesn't happen this year, but very often. 
um, not very often, every couple of uh, years, the last day of Pesach, this, the la- last day of Pesach is on, um, let's put it this way, the last day of Pesach, which might not be the last day of Pesach, which is the last day of Pesach in, uh, in uh, Eretz Yisrael, happens to be a Shabbos, and B'nai Chutz Laaretz get a Shabbos behind the B'nai Eretz Yisrael in the Parshias. And sometimes that goes on for five months. Goes on to, all the way to Matos Masai. And sometimes we think to ourselves, couldn't you make it up earlier? Like catch up? Like Achremos Kedoshim sometimes. Or Tazriya Mitzora. Well, yeah, sometimes it would be much easier to like just catch up now. And yet we don't do it. There are rules and regulations. And one of the major rules is because Bamidbar always has to be before Shavuos. And if you do the look at the calendar in those years, that's what the Marit has a tshuva about. B'shanem Uberes. Again, it probably, it's not discussed so much in the Rishonim. There probably wasn't so much overlap between the people traveling. You know, at that time, there aren't so many tshuvas about it. But the Marit. Shenishal b'shanam uberes kashachal yadav shenishal pesach b'shabes v'yeshchilik ben akriyas of Eretz Yisrael lezusha b'chutz laaretz because in Eretz Yisrael they're laning the next week's parsha they're laning shmini and or in a, a uh, shanam uberes maybe a later parsha and in chutz laaretz they're laning pesach keep Eretz Yisrael karo parsha chremos right in the shanam uberes uba chutz laaretz rak b'shabes haba ben Eretz Yisrael ben chutz laaretz nifradim b'kriya ad parshas matos masay all the way until matos masay. And the and and many turning the page, we try to put them together, and here we don't. Why wouldn't we? And he discusses because we need parshas by midbar right before, again right before Shavuos. And the question is again, what is the connection? So here we go. Skip down line twenty-eight. Let's review the Gemara at the beginning of Avodazara. Avodazara that base. The only Mesechta in Shaz Bavli that starts off with Agadita. Mesechta Zavodazar. So the Gemara describes there, Shalasilava, Umos Haolam, Boim, Betain, Levin, Egadish Barachu. On that base, the Umos Haolam are going to come and complain in front of God. Rabbona Shalolam, it's not fair. Klum Kafita Aleinu, S. Hahar, Kagigis. Did you hold the mountain over our heads like a barrel? Did you force us to accept the Torah? It's not fair. You forced the Jews, and they took it. But Hashem made us the offer we can't refuse, remember? If you accept the Torah, great. If not, I'm going to drop the mountain. The Umos HaOlam, the nations of the world, are going to say it's not fair. You didn't do that to us, right? If you would have forced us, then we would have that relationship too. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? What does that mean? You didn't even keep the seven that I gave you. You're saying if you were forced, you would have kept all of them. That's the conversation. Asks the Eishtamid, What kind of answer is this? They say you didn't force us. So Hashem says, you didn't keep the Sheva Mitzvahs. What does that mean? Maybe if you would have forced, they would have had to keep it. Maybe they would. If, how does that answer the question? And also, where this Gemara also comes up in Shabbos, Hashem held the mountain over our heads like a barrel. 
Not for now, but remember, there's a beautiful Ben Yehoyada on that Gemara and Shabbos. Why Dafka a barrel? Why not hold the mountains over our heads like a mountain? What does the barrel add? So that's the Ben Yehoyada there. Amar Bar Yaakov, Mikan Raisa. But the Gemara there says, because we were forced, we have an excuse for the rest of history. If we ever don't keep the Torah. Pirish Rashi, Shimzam Yasminam Ladin, if we're ever called to judgment, Lomalo Kiyamtim Mashikibaltim Alechem. Why didn't you fulfill what you accepted? Yesh lahem shuva. Right? We have an answer. Right? It was forced. It was forced. So, Sarach Beer, what does that mean? Mato Elis Afo, Binasina Satora, Baofan Zesha Kiblobonis Veneged Rasonam. So, what good anyway is it to force the Torah on us? So we're not dealing with the question now of how Kafala Markigigis goes with Nasav and Ishma. That's Tosfus' question there. That's not the topic now. But we're just dealing with the idea of a forced Kabbalah. Why should that work anyway? And what was the conversation between the Umos Olam and HaKadosh Baruch? So explains the Eish Tamid, a, ta- a thought that we've heard before, but he puts it in here. The Nira Levar Bezvus Hashem. Tine kol asiyas mitzvah. Kasher nasis ba'ones enaklum. Generally, Misa, anything, Misa mitzvahs, Misa averos, they're not connected to the person. Right? Is it not even a Misa, or is it a Misa you don't get credit for? A question conceptually. But if it's done ba'ones, ain't no klum. Yadua mashiasa rechem de shlomo, we close rechem de shlomo, kasher osa ada maisa shalo so no, ela shemachrichem oso lasos ba'ones, if we're forced to do something, eina asiya mesiaches, I love cloud, it's not connected to me. Yisoze achin nomar b'chala tarakula. That's true in general, but as we know, there's one major exception. The famous Rambam and Hilchas Gerishin, Beis Chaf, where the Rambam tells us, when a man is obligated to give a get, that he's saying no, what are we? What are the Bezin allowed to do? Hechon shadin no se shakofonos oligarish makanos achioma rotsani. The language of the Gemara, and as the Rambam describes it so um, illustratively, that we could force him until he says, "Okay, I want to give again. I want to give again." Even though a forced get is not allowed, that's called a get meuse. It's not allowed. So why is it okay if we force somebody and we, uh, you know, threaten him until uh, until uh, we use all means that we have in order for him to give a get? <laughs> why does that work? So the Rambam explains. Says the Rambam. If somebody is forced to do something that he doesn't have to do. Then we say it's forced. Somebody forces you to sell something. That doesn't count. Mechartos. Somebody forces you to buy something. Somebody forces you to give something. But if I want to do a mitzvah and the Yetzirah is forcing me not to do the mitzvah, and then Bezdin uses their means to uncover the real rutzon of the Jew, that's not called onos, that's removing the ones. By not listening to what the Torah wants from me, so I am being ma'ane, so to speak, I am preventing myself from doing my true rutzon. And therefore, when Bezdin uh, threatens him, so then they are uncovering his real rutzon. Because deep down, every Jew wants to do the right thing wants to follow the words of the Torah. 
Mavur b'divrei Harambam. Shanakuda penimis shela adam mishto kekes lekiyam mitzvos. We yearn for it. We pine for mitzvos. Elashay yetsar tokefu mafria. The yetsara is powerful over us and and is mafria. Lachain. That's why we're kofen. That's the Rambam. Says the Yesh Talmud. This principle does not work for everybody, though. The principle of Kofonos Rosani only works for Jews. Why? Because Mushrash, put into us by our ancestors, is this Nitiya to want to follow the Word of God and to follow the mitzvos. Yisod HaDavar Huki HaVoseidu HaKadoshim Avram Yislav Yaakov Kfar Hishrishu Banu Lachal HaDoros that hidden spark. That wants to do the, follow the word of Akadosh Baruch Hu. We get it from Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. And he borrows a line from the Gemara in a totally different context. Avos Michlal Toldos. When we have in the Gemara, Avos by Tuma, by Baba Ka, by uh, Nezek, and by um, um, uh, Malachas of Shabbos. So, Avos Machadi Ika Toldos. So, Avos, we have Avos or the Toldos. And the Toldos follow the Avos, the offspring. Put it into us, and it's our second nature. This rutzon to be connected to the divine and to be connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the difference between a Jew and anyone from the Umos Haolam who don't, doesn't have this natural natia that we get from Avram Avinu. So forcing any other nation wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have been a Kabbalah. Forcing us, Kafalim Arkagigis only worked for us because we were the Bnei Avram Yisrael Yaakov. Because that's what we really wanted to do. Right? Why didn't you force us? What do you mean? Why didn't you force us? The forcing wouldn't have helped. Because you don't have this natural connection. If they would have been forced. The yearning to mekayim the rotzon Hashem. That's why kafalam hakagigas works, and that's why when Hakadosh Baruch Hu answers, we'll get back to Bamidbar in a second. Bez Hashem misibazu movan heitev at the bottom. Kate said when they asked Hashem, did you kafalam hakagigas? What is the answer? Harishonos yashmiunu. What does that mean? Kfiya sahar lo haisa moila upoelas eslamuba wouldn't have helped. You didn't keep the Sheva Mitzvah Bein Noach, meaning, and you didn't even get the expansion of the Sheva Mitzvah Bein Noach. So what does that have to do with us? Says the Madrash on this week's Parsha. Bishah, in the source number four now. Bishah, Shekibli Yisrael HaSat Torah, Niskan Umos HaOlam When we got the Torah... Dumos Ha'olam were jealous. Maro leskarv yoser mina umos. Why are you choosing the Jewish people? Sasam piem akadish baruchu. Hashem clothed their mouths by saying what? Amar lohem heviu li sefer yuchsin shalachem. Bring me your family tree. Bring me your family tree. 
and I'll take their family tree. That's why I chose them and Kafalam Hakagigas because of their family tree. And that's Parsha's Bamidbar. It's all about the family. It's all about the nations and the families and their marching and how they encamped. And that's the connection to Bamidbar, to Kabbalah Satora. Because Bamidbar, which is Sefer Yuchsin, that's the basis for the whole experience of Maimon Sinai, of Kafalam Hakagigas, and that's how it's different for us than for any other than for other other nation. Umayati says at the end, Mavuar Haflavafella, Ha Inyana Godoshamachabram, Kama Parshios, Kidishikru Davkas, Parshas by Midbar, Kodamatseras, Kiparshazu Shayekas and Mukrachas Liosomak Matantora, Mayakashikasabo Yichus, Bayas Yaldu Amishpachosam Lavesavosam, that's why it's here, and that's what we celebrate. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Moving right along, we have Rashi and Parakim. Paragimel. The Ela Toldos Aaron Umosha Biyom Dibar Hashem as Moshe Bar Sinai. These are the Toldos of Aaron and Moshe. On the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe, Rashi quotes the Ela Toldos Aaron Umosha. Well, let's continue for a second. The Ela Shmos B'nei Aaron, and then we have Avachar Nadav Aviu Elazar Eni Samar. So we have these are the Toldos of Moshe and Aaron, and then of course we only have listed the Toldos of Aharon. And Chazal are bothered. Why is this? So the uh, Rashi tells us, and uh, if you have there in source number five, uh, Rav Shechter quotes it. Where's the Rashi? I'm just looking for the Rashi for a second. Uh, if not, I'll just quote it from, from here. It says... Rashi, here it is. Veino maskir ela b'nei Aaron, v'nikru told us Moshe lafisha limdan Torah melamed shkol melamed is ben chaveru Torah male lavakasev ki liyelado. Somebody teaches Torah to another Jew, it's as if they gave birth to them. It's as if they gave birth to them ki liyelado. These are the told us of Moshe and Aaron, even though only Aaron's children are listed. So Rav Shechter in source number five. Quotes that this is one, this is the first example of a non-biological peruvu. Peruvu not from biological parents. A Rebbe. A Rebbe is a parent. A Rebbe fulfills the mitzvah of peruvu partially by teaching Torah. Anyone who teaches Torah, these are the children. Remember the, uh, they say Rameer Shapiro didn't have any children, but he said he has two children. Tamidim in the yeshiva and Chachmi Lublin and those who learned Dafyomi. Right, those are his children, right? Because that, that he taught. Those are not biological, right? And we quoted. Many might be thinking of the story that we've quoted in the past from um, Rav Shach and Rav Shlomo Zalman. They were both at a wedding together once, and was a boy who was learning in Panovich. Rav Shach was the uh, his rebbe, and it was a whole machlokes because I think Rav Shlomo Zalman was his uncle. So it was who was going to be Masada Kedushin? They each wanted the other one to be Masada Kedushin. And finally, Rav Shach says to Rav Shlomo Zalman, "No, your family. You have to do it. Your family. You're his uncle." And Shlomo Zalman says, Vatir Shach, but you're his father. But you're his father. Because of this Rashi. Number one. And then he quotes another. Another example of the existence of a father-son relationship, which is not biological, biologically based, is in the opinion of Yerushalmi and Bikurim. Right? Arguing on the Mishnah there. About a ger. A ger who brings Bikurim to the base of Migdash. Does he say the Mikra Bikurim? Upon presenting his Bikurim to the base of Mikdash, he could say, Arami Oved Avi. And Kibasi Alaratashunish Pashem La Avoseinu Lanu. 
a ger is a son of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Biologically, no. But halachically. Halachically, there's a father-son relationship. A, teaching Torah to a ger. And the Shulchan Arach rules like this opinion that a ger could say in Berchaz HaMazon, Alshin Chalta Lavoseinu, Eretz Chemda Tova Rechava. Because Avram Avinu is Av Hamon Gayim. And he is the one that uh, is includes all gerim and future gerim are included. Are included. Number two. Number three. A third example that Rav Shechter has. He quotes from the Chachmah Shlomo at the beginning of Eben Ezer. Chachmah Shlomo, Rav Shlomo Kluger on Eben Ezer quotes that if a couple, Rachman al is unable to physically bear children, may partially fulfill the mitzvah puravu if they adopt. Adoption. Another example of pruvu without biological. Without biological, right, again, at least a partial fulfillment of, <coughs> of, this, uh, of this mitzvah. What does this teach us? The fact that there could at least be a partial fulfillment of pruvu without a biological connection. A Rebbe and a Talmud, a Ger and Avram Avinu, adopted parents. Says Rav Shechter, because what's Puravu? What's the mitzvah about? Maybe it had a different nature before Maimon or Sinai, but then it changed. The nature of the command Puravu, originally given to Adam and Noach, changed after Matan Torah. The original mitzvah was to populate the world, to ensure the continued existence of mankind. And non-Jews therefore shared an equal obligation to that of the Jews. Right? It was to populate the world. After Maimon or Sinai, the mitzvah only applied to Klal Yisrael, which implies that the nature of the mitzvah now is to preserve the Mesorah of Yahadus, to transmit values, Torah values, to the next generation. It's not about the physical. We think when somebody has a baby, we say, oh, they had a boy and a girl. Now you fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu. Puravu, when the child children are born, that is a stage of Puravu. But that's not the fulfillment of the mitzvah yet. Giving them an education bringing them up, ultimately, that's the fulfillment and the transmission of Puravu. It would seem that the Pasuk in the aftermath of the required separation, right after they were separated, what does the Torah say right after Maimon Arsini? Leich emarlem shuvu lochem la'aleichem. Right, go back to your tents, ain't oela le'ishto. Right, it's a different Puravu now. It's a different nature. Right, it's about... Uh, passing on the um, the Mesorah. And he says, if this is true, then we also understand another halacha. Most mitzvos, almost all mitzvos, right? When a boy turns 13 years old, he has to fulfill the mitzvah. Right? He has to shikalulav, he has to shofar, and berchaz amazon. All the mitzvos daraisa. Which mitzvah daraisa does he not fulfill at age 13? What about Puravu? Right? Well, it's crazy. It's illegal. What, let's talk about just halachically. But says the says of Shechter, well, you can understand that if the whole purpose is to transmit the Mesorah, if somebody, maybe in earlier times, but if somebody lives at a, at a time period where at 13 years old, he's not ready to transmit the Mesorah to the next generation. He's still getting it transmitted to him. So then there's no mitzvah yet. Because the mitzvah is not just to have the physical children. The mitzvah is to transmit the Mesorah and one has to be ready to be able to transmit the Mesorah. And that's why, you know, if somebody feels at least for a certain amount of time, Gemara says, right, but the Gemara has also, you know, age 20 and other ages. 
So again, maybe if somebody feels they need to, to focus on learning Torah a little bit more first before, that's also preparation for the mitzvah. We could well understand the necessity of a future father's Torah study prior to the time of his marriage. This is the reason a boy doesn't marry at age 13, v'chulu. And he quotes as uh, this, uh, this idea, and he quotes this answer from the, from the Rishash. But this is the idea. Puravu is not just what we thought, but it is transmitting the Mesorah to the next to the next generation. Uh, there's also another re- application of this. He talks about Chizkiyo and, uh, and Yeshayo, which we'll skip for now. <coughs> but if you look, oh yeah, it's uh, towards the, I'm going to skip the, uh, the Rishash. But, oh, Rabbi Yochanan I wanted to talk about. On uh, page 7. Rabbi Yochanan, right, Yevam is Samach Beis, fascinating Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish. Somebody has children when they're not Jewish, then they convert. Has he fulfilled the mitzvah of Ravu? He had children before he converted. Rabbi Yochanan holds that a ger who had children beforehand has already fulfilled the mitzvah. But the Rambam says that's only if the children convert with him. Even though halachically he's not related to them. Right? Ger is gar dummy. Right? They're not related. The Magan Mishnah explains that this requirement is based on the understanding the mitzvah is only accomplished if one has caused the continuation of the Jewish nation, right? And therefore, it's not just about the physical kids, but it's about passing on the Jewish tradition, and that is uh, seen in our parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu gets the credit of Abraham's children. Okay, and then we have the countings. Many countings in the parsha, that's what it's about, numbers, as it is called in English, and um, we're going to review one thought that we mentioned about 10 years ago, but it's something that we need to review. What happens after everybody is counted, right? Levi is counted separately. Levi is counted separately. Every male from a month old. This is the simcha vart of the week. We've often gotten thoughts about, you know, what was that you once said? Okay, here it is. This is for a bris. This is for a shalom zachar. Um, could be related outside of those two. But either way, <laughs> Sheva Levi is counted from one month old. Ezra Moshe Feinstein. If you look back at the other Shvatim, they were only counted when they were older. Right? Me Ben Ezra Moshe Amala. Why is Levi counted at day 30? 30 days old. When they're Yotzi Mechal Nefel, they're already counted. Right? Rashi. Me Ben Chodesh Vamala. Pasuk Tezvav. Why is that? Rashi continues. This shevet has significance right when they're born. You know how you know that? You know, you know that? Number 70 going into Egypt. Who is number 70 going into Egypt? Yocheved Nolda ben Achomos. Right, so she was a baby, but she already was considered number seven. That's, by the way, the Ramban, if you remember, in the end of Sefer Bereshus, I think, notes that it was a tr- Yocheved was very, very old. Very old. Right, if she was born going on the way in when she had Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu was, was 80, she was very old. But the Torah doesn't tell us every nice. 
Right, Torah doesn't tell us every nice. But that's what the Rashi says here. Lomud hu oso ashevet shiliosdimim and abeten. Shinemar asher yolda oso levim mitzrayim. Im kinisasa bepesach mitzrayim yolda oso v'nimnes b'shivim nefashos. Kshakatamone, cheshbonah, because if you count all of the other families in Parshas Vayigash, you only have 69. You only have 69, and therefore she is mashlima es Okay. But is there any other message about Levi being counted uh, from a very young age? Says Ramosha here in the Drash Moshe. Nira, line four. The Be'etzem Afkatanu Bechal Kabbalah Satorah Shiz Chayef Kishiyigdal. Really, everybody should be counted from day 30. They're already a Jew. Right? They're already Yotzi Mechal Nefel. You're just doing a census. You're not talking about Chiv and Mitzvahs. Don't know how many Jews there are. So near it, the etzem avkatan who bechal kabbalas haTorah lochein shayach lem noso betoka yisrael hagadolim aval mitoch shelo yadua she yiskayim biyisgadel atarv lekdusha. But you don't know how he's going to turn out. Mitzad shelo yechanchu oso karoi mitzad tirdas avos. Maybe the parents aren't going to be so focused and take as much responsibility in terms of dealing with the children. Lochein, you wait till they're a little older, a couple decades older. Because then you see, it's proven. Shevet Levi, you don't have to prove. This is a family that's proven. This is a Shevet that's proven. I will Shevet Levi, Shem Hukvul Yoshomre Mishmeres Hakodesh, Lahoros, Voladun, Vlaavod, Avodas Hashem Yisbarach, Bebeis Hamigdash, Hu Keruba Vachazaka, She Yisgadlu Yoshomre Mishmeres Hakodesh. It's known. It's Ruba Vachazaka. That this, these, this family, these parents are going to educate their children. Baderach Torah, Baderach Avoda, Volachain, Yecholon Lemnosam, Tekev Mishanoldu. Therefore, right when they're born, they could be counted. Ukemosha Yadua Biyocheved, just like Yocheved. Lachainim Ha'avo, Zayim B'nei Torah, V'Nisar B'Mitzvah Hashem, V'Chalibam. If you see it in the parents, you know it's going to be in the children. Again, we always need Siyat Deshmaya. You could have wonderful parents and parents who try really, really hard, and sometimes things don't work out. But at least there's a rubah v'chazaka that the effort and the hishtablus we put in by the parents, and that is what is said. And that's also It's not just a bracha; it's a it's a uh, prediction because you see this mitzvah was done, so mistama the next mitzvah will be done as well. But that's for Moshe. Relating to Levi being counted from from day thirty. Okay, now let's go all the way, all the way towards the end of the parsha. All the way, we have a father son team. The next two thoughts, not connected to each other, but we have the Chassam Sofer and we have the Ksav Sofer. Chassam Sofer and the Ksav Sofer. So if you look towards the end of the parsha, towards the end of the parsha, says the. Uh, Torah, Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron. Right now we're in the jobs. We're into the jobs of Gershon, Kahasa, Merari. Right, we have two here and uh, one beginning of Naso. Don't cut off the family of Kahas. Zos asu lahem. This is what you should do. Vichalu velo yamusu. And you shall live and you shall not die. When you come close to the Holy of Holies, Everybody's got to do their job 
have to be very careful how to, ca- how to carry all the special kalim, the clay, the clay shares. They have to be covered. You can't look at them. Right? All the different rules. Below Yavo, Leros, Kavalas, HaKodesh, Vamesu, you won't be swallowed up by the, by the Kodesh. But the Chsamsofer has a drush on this Pasuk, Pasuk Yutes, where the Pasuk says, V'chayu v'lo yamusu. Do this and you shall live and not die. B'gishtam es Kodesh HaKadashim, when you come close to the Kodesh HaKadashim, Aaron Ivanov should come close, V'lo yavo l'eros as a Kodesh. Says the Chsamsofer in Source number 10. V'nireh. The Gemara has a fascinating line. When you take it on the surface, you're like, what is the Gemara talking about? Says the Gemara in What should a person do and live? You want to live? He should kill himself. What should he do and he shall die? What does that mean? person wants to die, he shall live. If a person wants to live, he should die. What exactly is the, what's the Gemara talking about? The Nira Levar says the Chassam Sofer. Living here is talking about Olam Haba. Dahainu. Adam imrotse sheyichya. What does the Pazak say? What does the Chazal say? Mayase Adam beyichya. Yomis atzmo. Somebody wants to live in the next world. Somebody wants to live in Olam Haba. Then related to Gashmi things, Yom is Can't be so excited about it. If we want to live in Olam Abba, then our excitement in life, even in this world, has to be connected to Olam Abba. When we get a Sefer, a new Sefer, we should be excited about it. When something would be involved in a mitzvah, and when it comes to this worldly events, Yamas is Asmo. Okay, I'm not so. Not to be as focused. I have to do it. I'm a human being. And the opposite. If somebody wants to, if somebody, somebody wants to basically not be involved in Olam Abba, so enjoy yourself in this world. Enjoy yourself in this world. Now, so the Chassam Sofer says, it's a pretty uh, radical statement. We're totally not focused at all. So the Chassam Sofer says, it's tempered somewhat, and that's going to be the illusion in our Pasuk. Every mitzvah has its time. If somebody tortures themselves, that's inappropriate and even usser. Hashem gives us a body to take care of. Hashem gives us um, physical needs. If we don't take care of that, then we're being moel in Hashem. The guf, the guf doesn't belong to us. That's the Pasik. Right? This is referring to that Chazal and Tamid. This is what you should do and live, and not die. Meaning what? When should the focus be? Not totally every second, not be involved in the world. When somebody is involved in the Kodesh Kadashim, when somebody is involved in mitzvos, so then. Do what you're supposed to do. Do each avoda. Do each masa. 
And then you won't be swallowed up by the Kodesh. Hashem doesn't want us to be swallowed up and to be burned out and not being able to function. Right? We have to be balanced. The Rambam, Shvil Hazav. We have to give it our all. And the focus of our life obviously has to be Torah and mitzvos. But it has to be in a way that we don't go to the extreme and ruin it and be Moab Behektash. So that's all alluded to. You want to live and not die in Olam Abba? So in this world, focus on the Kodesh Kadashim, the Samo and every Avod, every Masa that you have. But don't get swallowed up. Because then you're not going to be able to function in this world and it'll be offsetting in, um, in the big picture. That's the Chassam Sofer at the end of the Parsha. Now we have the Ksav Sofer on the Haftorah. The Ksav Sofer on the Haftorah here in Bamidbar in Hoshea. Hoshea in Perak Beis. Where Hoshea, you know, to appreciate this Perak in Hoshea and Perak Beis, really one has to learn Hoshea Perak Aleph and what Hashem told Hoshea to do. Very unusual. Gemara has a discussion about it in Psachem around Pezayin or so, what he was told to do, to take an Zona, have children. But, uh, but anyway, here, the Pasuk, st- the Haftorah starts off with a beautiful Pasuk. The number of Jews will be like the sand. That's unable to be counted. Unable to be counted. Right? Infinite. Chazal note that there is a stira, because here it says that unable to count. First it says, Our number will be no number. The number is So even, I mean, I could ask it this way, sand is finite. We can't add up all the granules of sand, but a God can. Hashem knows how many pieces of sand there are in the world. So first it says you'll be like the sand, and then it says, Lo yimav you won't be able to be counted. So Chazal say, how do you put the two parts together? So what's the answer? Chazal tell us in that Gemara, it depends if the Jews are following Ritzon HaShomakom or not. When we're following Ratzon Hashem, then it's infinite. If we're not Oseh Ratzon HaShomakom, then there is a number. Then it is finite. So the Pashtus of the words are, Pashtus of the, of the, uh, of the Gemara, when we're doing Ratzon HaShomakom, then we're infinite. It's not countable because there are so many. Says the Ksav Sofer, maybe it's another idea, a different idea. Ritzon Shomako means when we unify with each other, when we're connected. There's no greater nachas that parents have than seeing their children get along with each other. As we know, many point out, there's not one Jew that can do all the Torah. There's mitzvahs on a melech, a mitzvah on bezdin, a mitzvah on a man, a mitzvah on a woman. When we come together, that's osin ritzon shalmakom. When we're unified. When you have a lot of different people, you have to you can count them. When there's a crowd, 
But what if you have one person? Do you count? You count them? No, that's just one. You don't count like parts of the body separately. It's one unit. So says the Ksav Sofer, what does it mean? Means because we're unified and therefore we're not countable. Not because we're infinite. It's the opposite shot, really. We're infinite because we're doing so many mitzvahs. No, the opposite. We're only one. And when we're unified, then we're also not countable. But for the opposite reason. Right, Rachman al-Itzlan over the past couple of weeks, right, it's been difficult weeks for Am Yisrael. But all the stories that we've heard of the tremendous chesed and the tremendous feeling of lo yiman lo yisafer, whether it's in Meiron or whether it's in throughout Eretz Yisrael, right, there's, when Jews are unified, nothing could break us and nothing could stop us and that's, that's lo yiman lo yisafer, and that's why it's impossible to count. Rachman al-Sawat's ain osir when we're not unified and then we're countable because we're separate units. So that's the goal that we have to have. Osin Rasan al-Shamakom being unified not only in the face of Saras. In the face of Saras, you know, there's unity. But we have to try to do that even not in the face of Saras. Okay, two final thoughts related to Shvuas. I think the first one I mentioned before. Many might be familiar with it, but it's it's something that we can mention over and over again. Two thoughts uh, relating to Torah learning. Torah learning. The first is a thought about a siyum, and the phrase we say at a siyum, hadrin alach, hadrin alach. So the story it's, it's quoted here in the Shiure Harav that on April first, nineteen seventy three, Rav Salvechik was asked to speak impromptu at a siyum on Maseches Chulin. And what he says here, impromptu, is probably something that we wish we would say if we had a year to prepare. But this is his impromptu remarks at a siyum on Meseches Chulin. He talks about the Jews' search for Kedusha and um, <coughs> the, the, uh, the connection that every Jew has. Uh, but let's just continue. Where is the, uh, which way am I going here? Oh, I'm sorry, I think in the sheets that you have, it's just a little out of order in the, um, in the sheets. So if you look on the, um, here, on page uh, 9 and 10. 9 and 10. So he talks about the uh, concept of Hadron Allah. I'm going to return to you, I'm going to return to you. Says uh, the, says uh, the Rav, says Rav Salvechik, it's based on Tosfus and Brachas on Dafir Aleph. Tosas and Brachas there discusses why is it that we only say one Birch HaZatorah every morning. We take a three-hour break, and then we learn again. We don't have to say a new Birch HaZatorah. We go out, go out, don't sit in the sukkah for two hours, we have to make a new Bracha on sukkah. We take off our tefillin, we put our tefillin back on for mincha, let's say, make a new Bracha. But Torah only one. So Tosas has the Lashon of shiny Torah. She'enu miyayish daito. person never has Torah totally out of his mind. So much has been written about that. Let's see what the Rav says. Says the Rav, Rav Salvechik, apparently there are two kinds, with other sources, but we're just going to focus on this. There are two kinds of awarenesses, according to Tosfus. The first is an acute awareness. Clearly, this is lacking when one thinks about other matters. 
acute awareness. The second is latent awareness. And this awareness is still present even though one is engaged in other matters. When a mother plays with her child, there is an acute awareness of the child. Right? When the child is home. But when even when the mother works at a job, let's say the child goes to school, the mother is doing other things. Then the mother is not acutely aware of her child, but she is always latently aware of the child. In the back of her mind, the children are always there. This latent awareness remains throughout her entire lifetime. It can never be extinguished. It's expressed in commitment, devotion, a feeling of identification, a feeling that she and the baby are one. The infant is the center of gravity of the parents' lives, etc. It's the same with Torah. There may be an acute awareness of Torah at a certain moment, but there's always a latent awareness of Torah for every Jew. That's put into the Jew, right, in utero. We have that latent awareness. And that's the pshad at Asiyam. Hadran Allah, Mesechta, whichever, is just decarpentalizing differently. Whichever Mesechta was in my acute awareness now, I'm putting in my latent awareness. I'm not forgetting about it. I'm just switching focus. And whatever was in the latent awareness is now coming into the acute awareness. That's Hadran Allah, Daitan Allah. And that's what Salvatric says. For this reason, at the end, when we make a siyam, we say, Hajjan Allah, we shall return to you. As far as acute awareness is concerned, we are through. We are leaving this chapter. But the latent awareness remains, and for that reason, we still return again to learn chulin. It's just when a mother leaves her child and says, I'll be back. She does not say this merely to encourage the infant. A mother leaves only to return, or else she would not leave. Daitan Allah. In our latent awareness, we are still committed to you. Vidaita Khalan, we hope you won't forget us. We hope that you, the tractate, will also keep us in mind. Because the Torah is a Torah Schayim. And every tractate, every Mesechta has its own personality, has its own, you know, dmut. And we talk to the tractate, we talk to the Mesechta in that way. And maybe Shavuos is a time that we can work on our both our acute awareness and also our latent awareness. And finally, the last thought I wanted to mention, which is now on page 11, it was just stapled uh, wrong for those who are in the shear here. I thought about Berchaz Torah. Again, it's a big lumdas shear, but just one, one thought. There's a big discussion in the Mefarshim, what type of bracha, what category of bracha is Berchaz Torah? And there are two popular views in the Achronim. And that is, Birchaz Torah is either a Birchaz mitzvah. It's a bracha on learning Torah. Before we do any mitzvah, we make a bracha. Before we shake a lulav, we make the bracha on lulav. Before we do any mitzvah, before we eat matzah, we make a bracha on matzah. Before we learn Torah, we make a bracha on learning Torah. That's definitely one option. Or maybe, it's a Birchaz Shavach Vahudah. Praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Praising Hashem for giving us the Torah. Shabach Amim. Definitely two pshatim that are fa- that found their sources in the Mefarshim. But if you look in the Stipler and the Kilos Yaakov and Brachos, he has a third option. Very creative that a number of the Achronim suggest. Says the Stipler, Yeshlomo, or it's underlined. Dibitalmit Torah, Milvad Shabracha, Hi Birchas Hamitzvis, Gachol Mitzvis, Sheba Torah, Yesh Gabagamkin. There's another element to the Bracha. He's not saying it's not a birchas ha-mitzvah, but there's also an element of birchas 
hanehenin. A bracha on pleasure. What do you mean a bracha on pleasure? Why a bracha on pleasure? How do you know it's a bracha on pleasure? So first he says you know it from the nusach bracha. Skip down to line 26. Venire. When you make a bracha on a mitzvah, you make a bracha on the maisa mitzvah. Different ways you say it. You could say lishmoa. You could say al mikra lahadlik. But it's all focused on the maisa mitzvah that you're doing. That's a tip off that it's a berachas mitzvah. The nusach is. The Maisa, Lakayim es Hamitzvah, Velo Mervachin al Shabarlo and Uchefsa. You don't make a bracha about the Brias Hashofer or the Brias Halulav. Make the bracha on the Maisa Mitzvah. It's all Berchas Hamitzvah. Berchas Hanehenin. You focus on the item. You don't focus on the action, right? Borei Minei Mizonos, Hamotzi Lechem and Aretz. The focus is on the Chefsa. Birchas HaTorah, we have two brachos in the morning. Number one, we say, Asher Kedeshonim, Be'ozav Yisvanu, Lasov B'Divrei Torah, or Al Divrei Torah. It's about the Maisa HaMitzvah. That's Birchas HaMitzvah. But then, Asher Bachar Banu Mikol Ha'amim, V'Nasa Lano Es Taraso, that's nothing about what we're doing. It's about the Torah itself. It's about the Torah was given to us. It's about the Chefsa. And that's a reflection of Birchas HaNehenim. So now, Berchaz Hanenin. What do you mean? Berchaz Hanenin is only on pleasure. So that's the other element. Talmud Torah has part of its definition, pleasure, Hana'a. That's halachically recognized. Right? Why aren't we allowed to learn Torah on Tisha B'av? Because there's certain pleasures we're not allowed to get. Pikuti Hashem Yishor Misamchelev. Or... Right, it was said by one of the great Rishonim, Rabbi Avram Minahar, one of the less known Rishonim in the Dharma and Daf Memches, in Surah 16, right, he asked, the, our Girsa, our Girsa in the, in the Mishnah, in the Dharma tells us that if somebody's Mudra Hana from a city, they're not allowed to get benefit from a city, they're still allowed to use objects of mitzvahs from the city. A lulav, a shofar, because of the principle, mitzvos, lav lahenos nitnu. Mitzvos, you don't recognize pleasure by mitzvos. Mitzvos are for us to do because we're commanded to do them. But the Mishnah tells us that you're not allowed to use the svarim from the city. You can use the lulavs and the shofars and the matzos, but not the svarim. Why not the svarim? Because says Rebavim in Ahar, the principle of limitsos lahav lehenos does not apply to Talmud Torah. It's nitan lehenos. Hanod plays a role in the mitzvah of limud. To love it. That's the highest level. And that's why in Avel and, and Tishabov. That's the highest level, right? The famous words of the Eglay Tal and Nagdama. It's a mistake to think that the highest level of learning is learning Lashem Shemayim without getting enjoyment. No. The highest level is to enjoy, and then it goes into the bloodstream, and then it becomes part of who we are. And therefore, the stipler could say, Birchas HaTorah is a Birchas HaNehenin as well. At least it has a Nehenin element to it. It could have all three. But again, this is a mitzvah. The Ramban counts it as a separate mitzvah. Separate mitzvah of the Tariq mitzvahs to say Birchas HaTorah. Something that sometimes we're, we're half sleeping when we say these brachas in the morning. To try to focus, try to recognize that this is 
um, an acknowledgement of you know the purpose of our life <laughs> that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah. We're able to enjoy it. To try to make it, we try to learn even if we're not enjoying it. But you know, as much as we can enjoy it, we try to make it enjoyable for ourselves. You hear us that this Kabbalah Torah uh, is a true one for each Jew. Is a true a true one for for us as a nation. And by Hashem, we should be zocha to spend shvuas not only in our shuls up all night learning, but in the base of Megdash. Because it is Ali Regel. Beth Hashem, we still have a day or two. We still have a day or two before Beth Hashem. But if not, we should be Zoha wherever we are to celebrate our enjoyment of the Torah. And we should be able to keep learning Torah for many more years to come as well. Okay, we'll stop here.